This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to the Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. The show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some resources we don't share on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. And if you're new to us and you wanna know more about what we teach here at the Art of Charm live programs here in Los Angeles, check out the Art of Charm toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got a lot of fundamentals like body language and nonverbal communication, eye contact, vocal tonality, attraction, networking, negotiation, relationship management, productivity, a lot of the basics are covered there. And we've got our live programs running every week here in Los Angeles, California, theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp for details on that, or call us or email me. I'm Jordan at theartofcharm.com and I read everything. Looking forward to meeting you here in LA at AOC. Today we're talking with my friend Shalene Johnson. She's a riot. At first I saw her in iTunes and I thought, who's this stepping on my toes? getting up and all, all up in my iTunes ranking, but she is awesome. And today we're gonna be talking about goal setting, productivity, this one step that no one teaches that is definitely something I've seen successful people do with their goals. They're called push goals and they accelerate your success. We're also gonna talk about protecting your focus, limiting distraction, and of course, go off on all sorts of fun tangents as we normally do. So enjoy this one with Shalene Johnson. So you grew up kind of in the, in the hood, Chicks fighting, like people wanting to beat you up because you're blonde or something. Yeah, people thought that I was a rich kid because my parents bought this big, giant, dilapidated old Victorian home that had been turned into apartments. And they had this grandiose idea of restoring it, right? So they had child labor. They had three kids and we became their day workers, basically. But because we bought this, they bought this big house in a really, really poor town. And we were poor too everyone thought we were the rich kids. So like at lunch, almost, you know, a lot of times people would tap me on the show and they're like, hey, Sharon Wilson wants to fight you after school. And I'd be like, uh, okay. You know, like I just had to survive and I had to learn how to get along with everybody and just be super, like I had to work extra, extra hard to get people to know like, hey, I'm not a rich kid. I'm, I'm a poor kid too. And right and just get along with everybody, but it was rough. That's so Michigan. No, 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 I'm broke also, it's cool. <laughs> no. Like, what? For real. Because in LA, everyone's like, I'm wealthy and I'm connected and I've got all these cool things going for me. In Michigan, everyone's like, no, 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 I'm a loser and I'm an al- alcoholic too, it's all good. And people are like, yeah, yeah, she's cool. She's well, a burnout. Not, it's so funny, but what's what's not cool is living outside of your means. And I, I really do think that's why I get along great with people who are from the Midwest because that is a value that I still hold dear to me today. Like live within your means. Yeah. Meaning like, don't be a friggin' LA, like buy a bunch of crap you can't pay for. Yeah. I don't buy it until, especially for my business, we've never taken out, we've built several multi-million dollar businesses and never had a loan, you know, never bought something until it's like, okay, now it's costing us money not to have this. It's time to buy it. It's time to move to a bigger office. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good point. Costing you money not to have something is a good way to look at something. A lot of people, it's funny, you know, in Silicon Valley slash San Francisco, I know a lot of these guys that work for, they're like biz dev guys or venture capital guys, and they'll see these startups that spent like all their seed capital on a website and they don't have a prototype. And it's like, you are idiots. That's what he'll tell them when they pitch. Wait, so you, you know, you're an idiot. You spent this on the website and you don't have a prototype. You want our money? Get out of here. I'm not giving you a cent. <laughs> you know, like, why would I give you this money? You need money because you blew it on like a 3D model of something that doesn't exist. You know that whatever you build isn't going to look like this. It's true. And I think, you know, it's, it's a good way to operate because it does teach you to be effective. And that's what it's about, you know, is being effective, effective with your time, effective with your money, effective in your relationships so that you can live the life you want, you know, the life that you design. Yeah. Well, speaking of designing things and building stuff that you want, we talk a little bit about goal setting, but it's one of those topics that I kind of hate because people are like, make smart goals. I'm like, cool, that works until it's like, you don't do it. And then there's like, resolutions that work. And I've even written about that. And then it's like, yeah. And then sometimes you just like fail because you shoot yourself in the foot. There's all these different goal setting methodologies, but a lot of successful people that I know, they don't do any of that stuff. Like write your goals down. It's like, okay, that might work really well for some people, but other people it's a useless exercise because they're constantly small chunking and they'd spend half the day writing stuff down I mean, there's all kinds of different methodology, but what what do you use? Because obviously you're very successful now. You came from a crummy neighborhood <laughs> in my area. So I know that, you know, you're well, doing something you know, the right. The one thing, I, I had awesome parents and they're, you know, phenomenal at making sure we could try everything. But one thing I never learned, even after college or getting through Michigan State, was how to focus, how to do anything for a long period of time. I kept thinking if I I'm going to try this and try that and try this and try that. And eventually I'm going to show up someplace and realize I've just stumbled upon the thing I was meant to do. When I had to learn after becoming an adult and going, okay, I can keep saying I can outwork everybody, but how long can I go 70 hours a week before I burn out? Like this isn't working hard. This incredible work ethic that I was bragging about for so long isn't working anymore because I, I can't find that thing. So what's missing here? And I just realized, you know, having an epiphany one day that I don't know how to stick to anything. I don't know how to focus. I don't know how to take it all the way to the end and, and really just do one thing without being constantly distracted by like, well, maybe that's it. And maybe that's it. And maybe if I do the, what that guy's doing. So I had to literally go back to school and I started studying all of, you know, the greats, the people that everybody refers to, all the books and 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 started studying all of these, the ways that people teach focus and goal setting. And it was working. But like you said, there are pieces of it where I'm like, okay, but this seems really good in theory, but it's, it's and I'm getting better and I'm, I have more focus, but there's got to be a system to this that's easier, that doesn't feel like a mathematical equation. Right. And so I started like just developing these systems that were just easier and, and simplified. And I stumbled upon a way of setting goals for me that I'm like, this is kind of crazy. I have to keep setting. I used to set goals for a year. Like most people teach you, you know, you write down your 10 goals and then you, you know, you make progress every day. But I started creating this thing called a push goal. And when I started doing that, I would start accomplishing whatever it was I set out to accomplish in a year. I'd get it done, all of those things and more within 90 days. Do you mean like a stretch goal or something that you're just like balls to the wall? 
I'm going to walk you backwards through this. So if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that today, what you're about to get, if you do this stuff, first of all, it's super basic. It's really simple. It's so simple. You're going to be like, really? But it works and it's going to blow your mind. So put a helmet on. I know that's a big claim, but put a helmet on because if you do these things, you're going to be blown away at how quickly you accomplish all of your goals. So the first thing I tell people to do, like you've heard before, this isn't groundbreaking, set 10 goals, right? But I suggest that people set very specific 10 goals, like one goal in each area of your life. Like number one, a get smart goal. So you pick something that you want to get smart on. Like, you know, for me right now, I'm, one of my goals is to get smart at webinars, like to understand that. The second goal would be a pure joy goal. So it's a goal you set for yourself, something you're going to do that has measure, but it serves no purpose other than it's just pure joy, salsa dancing or um, snowboarding. Or it's, but it's like something, you know, I need to do that more because it recharges me. Third goal, in the area of your romantic life. So your love life, your um, husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, somewhere in the love category, a very specific goal with measure. Number four, you set a goal for yourself with regard to family and friends. Number five, a goal related to your spirituality. Number six, a goal related to your environment. And what I mean by environment, I don't mean like the ozone layer. <laughs> I mean, where you hang out all the time. Okay. Like if your office doesn't give you mojo, if you don't feel like going into your office all the time, if it's not comfortable, if you don't love it, you set a goal for how you're going to change that. Or if every day when you walk into your closet, you're like, God, I can't find anything. It's a mess. I wish all my hangers were organized by shirt color and sleeve length. Please tell me you do that. I do. Oh, I knew it. That's you so weird. It. I never used to, but now I do because I once set it as a goal and now I maintain it. And I feel like if my closet is in order, it's like my life is in order. I know that sounds weird, but like if I know where things are, I know where things are. But your environment is like where you're spending your time that gives you energy. It kind of sets the tone. Number seven area is your purpose slash profession. Number eight is a financial goal. Number nine is a fitness slash nutrition goal. I know you've got some big ones, Jordan. Yeah, I do. I heard, I've heard a couple of episodes. Sounds like you're getting ripped. Yeah, I mean, it's one step at a time. Yeah. Right? So I'm maybe under all this fat, I'm totally ripped. I'm I don't sure even know I yet. Know. I've never seen it. Number 10 is a mental fitness or a mental wellness goal. So, you know, maybe that's meditation or maybe that's like, you know, I really have been saying I need to go see a therapist or I really do need to spend, you know, at least an hour every weekend where I'm just vegging out. Like that's for my mental health. So those are your 10 areas. Okay. Everyone does that. That's step one. Step two, you set a goal now. This is goal number 11 because we just did 10. We're going to have this in the show notes. So if you're like driving, don't swerve in and out of traffic, <laughs> trying to write this all down in your iPhone yeah, or something. It's super simple. You Let me just summarize it. Set 10 goals. They don't even have to be in all those areas. Just set 10 goals. But here's the big one. You've got to set a goal. You've got to create a goal now that makes a lot of those possible. So this is what I call a push goal. In other words, this is the goal that pushes all the other ones down. This is the heavy domino that bam, 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 and knocks all the other ones over, right? So for ex let me just give you a for example. Yeah. One of my, uh, you know, when I did this for myself, I make a list of, okay, my 10 goals, right? So 
I've got this get smart goal about webinars. I've got a pure joy goal. I've got family goals. I want to take two months off without any work next year. That's going to take, what is that going to take? That's going to take money. It's going to take being very focused on working less, not taking on new projects. I've got a goal for my profession and my purpose. And this year I want to help people with believing in themselves, confidence. Last year, my goal was to teach people how to be better online entrepreneurs. This year, I'm dialing it back and I want to teach people to just believe in yourself so you can just go do it, the things you know to do. I have a financial goal. I want to make X amount of dollars. I won't share just in case the IRS is listening. Yeah. So when I look at all those things, right, it's like, okay, so all when I look at all mine, each one of them, and I say to myself, okay, what am I going to need to make that possible? There's only two things. One, accountability, and two, more money. But for me, the accountability is I can't work more. I need to work less. Because almost all my goals are about spending time with family, being engaged, doing less. But yet I have a couple of big goals on there that are related to making more money and helping people with their confidence. So I'm like, okay, hmm, now I have to set a goal that makes all of that possible. Well, it can't be anything that has to do with something new. It needs to make me more money. It needs to allow me to serve my purpose. So therefore, I set a goal to serve 10,000 people in the next 90 days and teach them how to be more confident. That puts those people into the opportunity to go through one of my online academies that relates to confidence and courage, and that creates the income. So in other words, when I set this push goal and I look at my other 10, I say, will it positively affect goal number one? Yes. Will it positively affect goal number two? Yes. Will it wipe out goal number three and make that possible? Yes. Does it make number five possible? Yes. It doesn't have to knock over all of them, but by setting a goal that's like, you know what? If I do this, I accomplish all of these. It's cuckoo crazy. Those things happen. You know what? That's so funny because I feel like this process happens a little bit subconsciously and being doing anything consciously instead of subconsciously is always better in the beginning so you can refine it. But I, I definitely see this because we have the same thing here where we're like, okay, we need to automate this so that we have more time because more time equals more sanity, which equals lower stress, which equals better shows, which equals like more popularity, which then goes back to getting us more listeners, which then goes back into this automated process. And we're like, we're yes. geniuses. But we never really thought about it being a push, a push goal, goal and going That's for that and going for that like on purpose. We just thought we came up with this brilliant system. But you can totally, one, you already did that anyway. But two, you can totally apply this to anything else like fitness wise. Like you could say the common example that, that I had way back in the day was, all right, I'm going to start going to work out because when I go to work out, I tend to eat better because I don't want crap food when I'm working out because it just like doesn't even appeal to me. I don't even crave it anymore. And then when you start doing that, you you maybe like smoke less hookah or whatever with your friends because you're like, I don't want that. I just ran five miles. And then you get in better shape. You have more energy yeah. to work out more. Like you can really create these virtuous cycles with these push goals. You know, for example, like that's a really big one that I shared with you. But one of the people that I coach recently, she showed me her list of 10 goals. And she said, you know, I went through each one of these and thought, what is it I need? to make this happen. And almost all of them boil down to her fitness goal, her mental health goal, being more productive and effective at work, making more money, being more engaged with their spouse. Like all of these things, she's like, the one, this is crazy, Shalene. 
I never thought I'd set a goal like this, but if I get more sleep, all of these things happen. Yeah. So she's like, I thought I had to like create this big giant. She's like, but if I just get adequate sleep, that makes all of these things possible. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy, but yeah, like how simple, like, you know, so it really is looking at just not just saying, okay, now how do I accomplish these 10 goals? But if, cause we can't, you can't focus on 10 at once. So once you set a push goal, you ignore the other 10. Yeah, because, because they'll this, happen. Like dominoes, like you said. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's funny, the sleep thing. I, I started going to bed like an hour earlier. And so I started getting up an hour earlier just because I started getting more sleep. And then I was like, now I have time for a trainer. So I got a trainer and then he was like, let's do this even earlier. So I started going to bed earlier to get enough sleep for that. Now I get up early, go work out. And then I have tons more time to manage all these things where I was like, I don't have enough hours in the day. And it's like, yeah, you do. You're just exhausted and useless for like four hours of the day at the end because you're friggin' tired. You should just go to bed. Do you feel better now that you've shifted that and you're getting up earlier and going to bed earlier? Yeah, it's weird because I'm like, this is why old people get shit done because they wake up early. And I'm not, I know. I'm not doing like miracle morning, get up at 4 a.m. and like work out and then meditate and then bike. Like I don't do that type of like insane extreme experiment, but I I have been going to bed at a reasonable hour, getting really good sleep, making sure that sleep is high quality and not like farting around on my phone, get up early, go to the trainer, after the trainer, get stuff done, create blocks to like handle communication, whereas before I would just like kid myself. Yeah, I would just like kid myself into like doing it piecemeal while I'm doing other things and then you have 800 emails and you're all stressed out. Yeah, instead of letting, so I get ahead of all that stuff and then I can create the show or do things with people and not be like, I need to be on my email right now. So I literally removed email from my phone as well because I don't want it slash don't need it and then turned off all those notifications and I feel like when I'm doing stuff, I'm way more present and it literally all stemmed from going to bed like an hour and a half earlier than usual. Well, yes, and I know for people who are not morning people, that sounds just painful. It is. Every single morning, I wake up at 4.45 a.m. I'm not a morning person. And I will not lie to you and say that eventually you get used to it. I don't know if you do. Every morning when my alarm goes off, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get up. But I'm so much happier when I do. I'm so much more effective. I'm so much more productive. I start with exercise. That makes me super creative. It makes me more patient. It makes me more confident. And this is one of those things that you're going to hear it over and over and over again. And there's a reason why it works. And the second thing you said, Jordan, is that you've created a fortress around your focus. And people have to do that, especially now, more so than any time ever in our history, because we're getting messages on, you know, instant message and text messages and Instagram DMs and Facebook messages. And, and sometimes people actually call you on the telephone, but there's all these ways that people want our attention. And we're, we've got videos playing in the background and podcasts, you know, playing over here. And if you allow all of those distractions or any distraction for that matter, if you're a creative person and you allow any type of distraction, you cannot be as effective as if you can create a fortress around your focus. Find a place where there is no way anyone can get a hold of you. Put your phone on airplane mode. Turn everything off. Because if you focus your time and your attention, you'll be able to get done in two hours when normally it takes you eight hours. Oh, yeah. Totally. Back to the show. 
One tip I'll give people right now that people somehow did not know this, even techie people, which I thought was weird. The new, quote unquote new, Apple iPhone operating system, and I know Android has this somewhere too, has do not disturb built into it. That is your best friend. You don't even you don't even need airplane mode because you can just leave it on do not disturb. People can text you, they can call you, it doesn't ring, it goes to voicemail, the texts show up on your screen, whatever, but the screen doesn't light up. So mm. it's not just silent. It's literally yeah. like, it's like the phone is off. And But here's the thing, people go, what if I miss something? If they call you twice, it rings, there's a setting. If, you, if yeah. it's from someone yeah. of your favorites, it'll come through or whatever, and you can all adjust that. But let's not lie to ourselves. You're gonna check your phone anyway, like every 20 minutes, minimum. Mm. So this is for the in-betweens when you have your phone somewhere and you hear it ding and you're like, no, I'm working on something and then it dings again and you're like, okay, my curiosity and you know, you know you do this, your curiosity drives you insane and you go check it. Yeah. This totally gets rid of that. And so you're better than me. If my phone's in the vicinity, I'm grabbing it. So I really do have to put it in another area. And I did this when I was writing my book, I would send off a notice to everyone like, hey, between 11 and three is a time that I write. If you really need me, get a hold of my husband or here's my home phone number, like if anyone should ever call. But this is when I write. And thank you for respecting this uh, because it's gonna make me a better friend. I'll be much more present when I'm with you. But 11 to three, that's when I'm creative. I'm gonna get this done. And I stick with those hours. That's a really good move for people who are able to do that. I know a lot of people are like, I can't do the creative thing because I have kids, which you also have kids, so whatever, we'll let that excuse slide for for them, but like, or whatever other thing is going on, but at least you gotta protect your focus. So anything that you find is distracting, and this seems like really common sense, but let's admit it, we don't do it anyway. Turn your phone on, do not disturb, and the oh, another thing that's awesome is you can time it. So if you're an 11 to three, you can program your phone to have do not disturb from 11 to three. It'll turn on automatically, yeah. and it'll turn off automatically. So you're not right. gonna forget about it and like leave your phone off or whatever like you would in airplane mode or if you just turn the thing off, off. Well, I love that you mentioned the phone because I also believe that that is a really special secret sauce to the way that I teach goal setting. And that's, you know, we talk about accomplishing our goals by putting them as the first thing that we think about. The thing that we focus on is the thing that we accomplish. It becomes our reality. And the reality is you're phone is in your hand 24-7 unless it's under your pillow while you're sleeping. You don't sleep with your phone under your pillow, do you? No, I don't. I've heard enough podcasts to know. But most people, they can't let go of it. So I say rather than have it become a distraction, rather than playing, like remove every dumb game off your phone, that just is a pet peeve, and put something on there that changes your life. Put something on there that reminds you every day what your push goal is. If every day you did two things, a reminder and a question. You just remind yourself, what is my push goal? My push goal is to help 10,000 people become more confident in the next 90 days. Then the question, what can I do today that's most effective in getting me there? Just what should I be doing? And that leads me to step three. So number one was we come up with 10 goals. Number two, figure out one that makes all those possible. Number three, brain dump. Okay, so you've, I've already figured out my goal is to, let's say, get extra sleep this year. Now, a brain dump is you take a number two pencil and a piece of paper and you just write every possibility, everything that needs to happen in order to make your goal a reality. So it might mean, um, you know, getting blackout curtains. It might mean getting the whole family on board. It might mean preparing the next day's 
uh, meals the night before. So you just list everything that has to be done in order for you to do this. It might mean a system of accountability. And once you have everything you have to do, that goes on one single page. Let me give you an, another more elaborate example. So let's say your goal is, I'm a doctor. I'm sick of trading my time for money. And I would love to be able to create an online program where I'm actually, I don't have to be there, but I can help people, right? Like therapy, let's say. So I want to create an online academy. Well, your brain dump would include, how do I make this possible, right? So I've, I've got to get a domain name and I've got to research what an online academy would look like. And I need to uh, find someone, whether I should get a Kajabi account or some other place to host these videos. And, and I need to get a landing page and I need to learn about what. So you just, you come up with like, literally sit down for 30 minutes. And every time you think you've finished coming up with things you need to do, just keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. And that piece of paper is your gold mine. So then you take a picture of it with your smartphone because that's your inventory. When you decide each day, okay, what could I be doing that's most, you know, that's next? You just pick two things. And that's step number four. Step three is you make this massive brain dump. You just get it out of your head. That's the reason why most people can't sleep at night. Ah. It's the answer to when people say, and I know Jordan, people say this to you all the time, like, I don't know where to start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of don't course. know where to start. I say, I'll tell you where to start. It's a number two pencil and a brainstorm. Yeah, good luck finding a number two pencil. You got to go get one. It's There's something special about it, you know, like a very sharp, nice sharpened pencil. It's crazy. Like there's something beautiful about it. When you write out everything you can possibly think of and people say, I don't know where to start. That's because they're afraid they're going to start in the wrong spot. But when you do a brain dump, you can start at the end and then jump to the middle and then go to the, you know, three quarters of the way through and you can do really elaborate. It doesn't matter. You're just getting it all out on paper. And then you go back and go, all right, now what do I need to do first? What's first? That's step number four is you take that massive list, right? And you've taken a photo of it. So now it's on your phone. And for those of you who are digital, you can transfer that to a to-do list. But now two things, 10 minutes every day. That's it. Two things. So your push goal, Jordan, as you talked about is, you know, really finding a way to, to serve people, right? And, and help them do what you guys do live and in person, but online. Am I right? Yeah. If every day you just said, okay, that's huge, but I've got this other business to operate and, but I still want my push goal to happen. So if I just do two things that take 10 minutes from my master list, what could I do today? Okay. Number one, I'm going to do a Google search to find out, you know, who's the best partner we can work with to film these videos. Number two, today I'm going to buy four other online programs to see what's good, what's not good. How do we want to make something that's better than what everybody else is making? There, I'm done for the day. That's it. I just bought it. I'm not even going to watch it. I just bought it. Two things that take less than 10 minutes. Day two, now I might watch that academy I just bought. And I might actually make a phone call to that person I found on Google yesterday. Much smaller bites. And they, my rule is they've got to take less than 10 minutes in most cases. And you've got to do two things every day that are related to your push goal. Okay. And how do you structure all this? You're literally just writing all this stuff down. So I take my brain dump, right? And then because I, I really do believe in the process of repetition and writing and thinking all this through. So I take my brain dump and then this is the way I do it. 
And then I like to take another page and I go, okay, gosh, I, I'm all over the place with this brain dump. I'm just everywhere. But I can see what things kind of have to be done first. And I type those into a, a master app. Like you can use any to-do app you love. I love Awesome Note because it syncs with my husband's phone, my assistant's phone, and Evernote. But, you know, I don't care what app you use. I know some people love um, uh, Clear or SuccessWiz or I think it's called Toodledoo. doesn't matter. But just get it in a place where you don't have to find that little piece of paper again. Like that little piece of paper is golden, but you've got to transfer it to your electronic device because it's in your hand every day. So you start training yourself. If you start doing this, training yourself to every time we do this, we get bored. We're in an elevator. We're like, I should see if I have more Instagram likes. Right, exactly. But if I you know just you train do that. yourself. Shut up. But if you just train yourself to go, I'm going to look at my to-do list. And did I do my two things? Then if I've done my two things, now I can look at Instagram. Now I can see if I've anyone's retweeted me. Two yes. things. Yeah, nice. My fifth step is you you because we're talking about putting it in the front of your mind. It's like the thing you're obsessed with. Like right now I'm obsessed with confidence. I'm obsessed with helping people figure out what they're doing to themselves. That's making them less confident. So I need to be obsessed with this. And the one thing that's with me 24 seven is my phone. So I suggest that people use their phone to create an app so that you can decide what two things you're going to do today. Just two, not five, not 20, just two. Another one that I love, Jordan, have you ever used um, a website called If This Then That? I've heard of this. Yeah, it's like massive geek crack. Oh my seriously. gosh. It's seriously fun. So I think the actual website, we'll have to double check it, is IFTTT, which stands for If This Then That, right? Right. So you can spend hours and hours on there, but let me just give you one simple tip that you're going to be like, wow, insane. So you can say, if it is... 7 a.m., then text my phone and remind me about my push goal. Like that alone is huge. Like every day at 7 a.m., I get that text message. And it's weird. Like I'm always, I always forget what time it is. I'm like, what? Who says? Oh, yeah. Push goal. That's right. I got to do two things today. Two things. And you can set it up so that it can call your phone. You, there's a million different recipes on that website. So you can say, anytime Jordan posts a new podcast, send a text message to me to let me know there's a new episode of Art of Charm. Or anytime, you could set it up so, Jordan, you're like, anytime somebody mentions me in a tweet, send me an email. Or That could be your enemy, though, too, right? Well, it could be. But there's some cool things you can do, too. Like, I've set it up so every single post I create on Twitter or on Facebook, it sends it to my Evernote. So I don't have to keep track of it myself. It does it automatically. It's pretty dang cool. Yeah. Does it cost? Is it is it expensive? No, it's free. How is that even possible? That's amazing. I don't know, but I have so much fun with it. Like, there's so many funky things you can do with it. That's why people say you can geek out on it. Yeah. But if I can just give you one to focus on, it is set it up so at the same time, every day, you're getting a text message that says, you know, don't forget your push goal is to go to bed early tonight or don't forget the two things you're going to do today to help people be more confident. That's crazy. Dude, I'm like, I can't even wait to go to that website because I'm going to be all, I've heard of this, but 
I thought it was highly technical. Like It can be, but that's because there's so many options. But if you just focus on, okay, really, what do I need? It, it's, it keeps me so on track. I cannot even tell you because I know Brett listens to your podcast too, my husband, it but does. I'm just going to put this out there. It'll be a test to see if he listens to this episode. But during football season, right, I sometimes forget to ask him like, hey, how was practice? You know? So I set up if this, then that, so that every day I get a little reminder around like 4.30 to send him like a sweetheart text, like, hey, honey, I hope practice is going well. Can't wait to see you. And it's not that I don't remember to do that, but I need to remember it like every day. Right. So every day during football season, I get that text and then I remember to send him a quick one because I know that's his love language. I know he really appreciates that. Guys love that stuff. Girls love that stuff, obviously. Yeah, we do. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to use this website. I've got these lights, the hue lights, the LED ones that you can control. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, when it's about to rain, turn my lights blue so that I, you know, know to bring an umbrella. I like. You can't even imagine. There's so many different recipes. Like, good luck. I'm telling you, because I, I really believe in helping people focus. First, set up the important one, which is a, a time of the day that you want to send you a text message about your push goal. Then you can have fun. Excellent. Yeah, that's, oh man, good. Push goal text. Because the thing is, yes, you can write it down, but you know the thing that is written on is going to become furniture and you're just never going to see it. Right. Yeah. And I just think we go at this the wrong way. We just, we're like 10 goals. Okay. Which one do I focus on? And you know, which one's most important? And you tend to go towards the ones that you have an emotional attachment to them, but those, like I have an emotional attachment to taking two months off next year. I took off the month of December and it was just the most amazing month of my life. And we didn't go anywhere. It was just like all these cool things happened. So I'm like, okay, I really want to take two months off next year, one in December and one in the summer. And that's really on my heart. But if I focused on that, like how, how's that going to happen? It doesn't unless I create something that makes that possible. Oh, that is excellent. Sweet. And now I'm figuring out how to turn my lights on at sunset automatically. Holy crap. I'm not leaving the house for three days. Um, this is awesome. I mean, this is really great. I, I do, I love the goal setting stuff when it works. And I now I'm just like, you're my BFF now because of this, if this, then that thing. Because I saw Dude, it before, but I, I thought it was like massive your BFF. Don't even play. It's, it's true. It's true. It's just the thing is, I always thought this was like hardcore techie, but it's not. It's like legit. Yeah. You know, I did so many goal setting courses where it's like, okay, color code these. And yeah. Pick number ones as your priorities. And number twos is you're like, ah, oh, geez, I can't even figure that. Just figure out what needs to get done and then do two things. Yeah, that's that's why I've always been so frustrated with this stuff because it's like it's massively frustrating to find a goal setting process that's actually more complicated than doing all the work it takes to get the goal right. handled in the first place. Seriously. Yes, and the, it, I really do believe for anyone out there who starts to go I I don't know where to start. I'm not kidding. You are not allowed to say that until you've done a complete brain dump of everything you can possibly think of that might somehow relate to whatever your push goal is. For so many of us, it's like accountability and like a system like that website is amazing or whatever to-do list app, an app on your phone. Those two things, like they legit keep you accountable. Man, I got my lights set up to turn on 
when it rains. Trust, I'm still listening to you, I promise. <laughs> uh, I'll just keep going. Yeah. So wait, why is it so important to you, going back to what you're talking about before, to teach people, obviously, I get it, you know, I Okay, feel I'll you. tell you why. And this is a personal thing. Um, I So I created these pretty expensive academies. One was called the Marketing Impact Academy. And I teach people, like, everything I've learned about online marketing. You know, we've sold tens of millions of dollars in DVDs and exercise programs. And I had to make the shift into business development, teaching people this. So I had to learn how to go from TV because I felt like nobody's watching TV anymore to how to make like a website and what is a lead page and what is an opt-in and what is, I didn't know what, that was all like French. And so I created this academy for people like myself who are creative, want to teach, but they're like, I don't know anything really about internet marketing. So I created an academy to do that. And then I created an academy called the Smart Success Academy, which is all about like outsourcing and systems that allow you to spend much less time working and how to use Elance and Odesk and virtual assistants and create all of these amazing systems that allow you to live your life, right? right? Okay, so here's the deal. People would go to these really, really smart people and stay stuck. And that bugged me. Like, it's just like somebody, it was, it bugged me as much as it bugs me when someone buys one of my exercise programs and they don't do it. Like, that's personal to me. I'm like, no, I need you not to waste your money. This works. If I have to drive to your house and make you apply this, I will. And I felt that way about these academies. I'm like, here's these really super smart individuals. I've spelled it out point by point by point. I've mentored them, but I've got this small faction of people. I don't get it. Why aren't you doing it? So we started doing like focus groups and bringing people in and talking to people and going online into the academies. And it boiled down to one trait, confidence. If you don't believe in yourself, you don't take that chance. Right, of course. So I'm like, all right, well, now I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna create something that's super affordable, but most importantly, it just gets people to move. It changes their lives. It changes the, the way they feel about leaving their house, interacting with new people. Confidence changes the way you parent, like, I am sorry, you cannot raise a happy, confident, brilliant, smart, charismatic kid. If you, you know, in your head, can't stand yourself, you're insecure, you don't like people. That's really hard to not pass on some of those negative traits to your kid. It's, pr I would say it's literally impossible. Pretty tough. I would not know how you could get around that. You'd have, because yeah. How do you teach somebody something where the example they're seeing is not that? It's sad. And I see it all the time where I'm like, God, you want your kid to be confident. If, and who doesn't, right? Who doesn't want their kid to be confident? Sure. So for me, I'm like, you know, a lot of people, I have to motivate them with that. Okay, fine. You don't want to invest in yourself. Just know that everything you think and feel about yourself, your child feels it. Like I know one of the reasons why I'm so confident is my mom is like 4'11", but she thinks she's 5'8 and a supermodel. You know what I mean? Like she is so confident and I never heard her say anything negative about her body or her appearance or what she does. And confidence is passed on from our parents. So what are you doing with your kids if, if you're not working on your confidence, if you're not working on, you know, your charm? Basically, you can't expect your kids to learn that unless they're not spending much time with you. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. I am hell bent on fixing this for people because 
I can't teach desire. I don't think, and I don't think I can teach passion, but I do know how to strengthen muscles and I do know how to create exercise programs. So I can create a program that there are exercises in it that specifically are phased to get you stronger in each phase, just like an exercise program, but the muscle we're building is confidence. And when you're confident, you don't worry about what people are thinking. You don't worry about you know, what people might say about you. You don't worry about failure. You, you just, it's, so, it's such a happier place to be because you make other people comfortable. It is so uncomfortable to be around someone who you can just feel their insecurity. Oh That's yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've been there. I've been that guy for sure as well. So I totally get that. And so that was important for you because, I mean, were you always confident? I guess that's a good question. Here's the deal. I um, had to learn how to be confident in certain areas. I always had great confidence, but I realized there were certain things I wasn't confident about. Ironically, one of them was fitness. Like my first exercise programs, I wasn't in the DVDs. Like I created these really cool workouts, but I'm like, I'm not going to be in the video. I don't need people judging me. me. Yeah. 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 So I realized that, you know, like it's like people who are really super smart. And when you're talking about their science or whatever, they're super confident, but then you put them in a pair of, you know, gym shoes. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And then they're like super, you know, they lack confidence. So for me, I had to learn like there's all these different areas, number one, and people can learn to be confident. And that when people, here's the bottom line, like what's in it for you, Shalene? This is the truth. What's in it for me is when people are confident, they apply what they learn. And I want people to apply what they've learned. I want them to, I want them to treat their family better. I want them to go for it. I want them to get out of their own way, like get unstuck. Awesome. And of course, doing that required you to come up with a goal system to create the system to teach people to do that. Yeah. And, and to create a program specifically about teaching confidence. And, you know, in order for that program to allow me to stay consistent with my goals, it had to be something that fulfilled my purpose, which was helping people. I knew would be able to, it's something I've already done. So I couldn't create something new. You know what I mean? As much as I wanted to this year, like I really wanted to write another book, but I'm like, if I do that, that doesn't help any of these other goals, you know? So I had to take my ego out of it and really look at my list and go, okay, but does a book help any of these other things? It just didn't feel like it did. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. I mean, writing a book is something I'm just actively avoiding because it sounds awful. I mean, I get why people do it, but Yeah, damn. yeah, that was quite an experience. Yeah, no, th- I don't even like thinking about it, seriously. You know, outsource that. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So tell us where people can find more about you. Obviously, I'm going to link it up in the show notes and stuff. You've got a podcast too. And have you kind of, your podcast, even the one that I was on, you were deciding what to do with your show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we definitely kept it, uh, you know, and that it's been so, so fun for me. And that was part of my decision is like, oh, I've got this medium again, that's free that I can help people be more confident. And so, you know, a lot of my episodes this year are, not all of them, but a lot of it does relate to like just having the gumption to go for it, belief in yourself. And it's the Shaleen show. Um, and, and that's one of the ways that people can find out more about you know the steps, like what it takes. And I interview people like yourself who have confidence and they've learned how to get more because everyone can have more. And then of course you can go to courageousconfidenceclub.com. 
and I do webinar, free webinars. I didn't want to do an academy and this is kind of interesting, but I wanted to create a club because I wanted to be able to kick people out. Wait, what? <laughs> You're like a kid. Like I want to make a club so totally. I can exclude I did, you. Because I think they're one of the reasons why people are negative is because there's negative people around them. One of the reasons why people have self-doubt is because they have all these like naysayers around them and people feed them, you know, like negative information or they feel like they have to compare themselves to them. So I'm like, I'm not going to create an academy. I'm going to create a club where you have to agree to the rules, like literally legit. If you're posting, say, our private Facebook group and you do it in a way that you lead with everything that's negative, you get a warning and then you'll get kicked out if you keep that up. And because you have to learn how to, even if your dog did get hit by a car and, you know, you just found out that your, um, your job has been transferred. I get that. And you can talk about that in the Facebook group, but first you're going to learn how to find the silver lining and start with the silver lining. And somehow you can work in what's happened to you because it has, but it's got to be positive and it's got to uplift people. And we, we have to see in your post that you're confident. And for a lot of people, that's relearning how to communicate. And wow. if they don't, we kick them out. Yeah. And they agree to it, you know, because that I, it's of no service to anyone who's in the club if there's a Debbie Downer in there. That's so good. That's so important. I mean, we police our community as well. Well, luckily, it's after guys take the boot camp mm. generally so is mm -hmm. in the, one of the communities. So it's easier because they know better. But I can definitely see like the naysayer yeah. factions being like, this is stupid and everyone's going to be fat forever or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's a habit, you know, lack and insecurities are habits. So what we do is we have them go through seven days of kind of learning how to rephrase things. You know, we all have those people. In fact, I ran into a friend the other day and she's like, he keeps sending me text messages like, let's go for a run. Let's go for a run. Let's go for a run. And I ran into her yesterday and she's like, Hey, let's go for a run. I miss, I miss our bitch sessions. And I'm like, that's because you're bitching the whole time, yeah. which is why I'm not available to go for a run. I want someone who's like excited about life, who believes in themselves. I don't have an hour to listen to like everything that's going wrong in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I have my ups and downs with that stuff too, though. It's easy to vent because it's like, I grew up doing a lot of that. People around me used to do a lot of that. And it's like a collective habit because you, you get habits from your friends too, and you relate to people the way that they relate to you. So if you got a complainy friend, you'll just start complaining to everybody. And then it's like, Jordan's negative. And you're like, what happened to me? Why? And I think some people do it to be funny or self-deprecating. They do, yeah. But at a certain point, you're like, okay, let's turn this around because I can't keep like going, oh, no, you look beautiful. Oh, you don't look old. Oh, no, you'll your husband will find a job soon. Like, I can only do that for so long. Like, Yeah, it's exhausting. You know, it's right? exhausting in the same way that people who call themselves shy or insecure, like they've labeled themselves as such. When you label yourself as those things, you're telling other people, you need to take care of me. Because mm. that's what we do with shy children. You know, we, we tuck them behind our skirt. And we say, oh, this is Jordan. He's my loud, gregarious one. And, and this is Stevie. He's our shy one. And that means everyone speaks softly and everyone take care of him. But it's not cute once you're an adult. Once you're an adult, you're like, oh, gosh, you know, I, I, you, you feel like you have to take care of those people. And, mm. and it makes people really feel less confident. Like when you're around someone who's nervous and anxious and who calls themselves shy, 
you feel responsible for them. I call them leg huggers, which is like worse than a tree hugger. That's terrible. You know, but when you break out of that and just learn to ask people questions, it's the stuff that you teach. You know, I'm sure that's what you get in the boot camp is just learn how to be interested in people and come up a list with a list of questions. All right. I know I'm going to be in this setting right now. And I can just think of five questions that I'm curious about right now. Write them down because just being interested in other people makes other people very confident and comfortable around you. But when you stand there all like awkwardly and you're thinking to yourself, I'm shy. Oh gosh, I'm the shy one. You know, where's my mom right now? So I can hide behind her leg and, and I I don't like this. And oh no, people are going to think I'm dumb. I'm going to say the wrong thing. If you're having all those conversations in your head and you're not actually taking an interest in other people, the impression that we get is this like stoic face. And we get the impression that you're not interested. You probably don't like me. In fact, shy people, people call themselves, you know, shy or insecure, they are often will tell you that people will tell them, oh, I thought you didn't like me. Oh, I thought you were a bitch or I thought you were a jerk. I I just thought, I didn't know you were shy. I just thought you were, you know, full of yourself. And nobody wants to make other people feel that way. So that should be incentive for all of us to learn how to convey confidence, how to have that charm and charisma that makes, it doesn't mean being the most gregarious, loud, center of attention person. It means being quietly confident so other people are comfortable around you. Perfect. Thank you, Shalene. Much appreciated. It's been my pleasure, Jordan. I hope you enjoyed this one with Shalene. She is super fun. She's definitely spot on about the goals. She's super successful, so don't even mess with the recipe there. Just do it. Your goals will fall like dominoes if you use the push goals, trust me. I mean, and the thing I talked about with the iPhone and limiting distraction, try it out. I know you think you're gonna miss something important. You won't, there's no such thing. Important things can actually get through the once in a blue moon that they happen. Meanwhile, your focus will be protected. Try it, love it. Show feedback and guest suggestions. The show is a fanarchy. It's run by you. We rely on you to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone is a good fit for the show, let me know. I'm Jordan at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Shalene on Twitter. We're gonna have that linked up in the show notes. And Shalene loves getting tweets. So even if you've never tweeted at one of us before, go ahead and bug Shalene on Twitter. She loves that. It's like crack for her. Bootcamp details for us, theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And if you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, go ahead and change that. We have our iPhone and Android apps available as well at theartofcharm.com slash iPhone and slash Android. So go for it. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of the Art of Charm podcast. Tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything and everyone better than you found it. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 